Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod Welk, and I am joined by my lovely, ever charming, ever smiling co-host, Miss Diamond Creek Bomb. Hi, cuties. We need to clarify something. Last week's episode sounded a little weird. I sounded a little like Meredith Marks. Like, After a long uh, flight. Security, security. The rumors, the lies. What did she say? <laughs> anyway, it sounded like I was on opiates. I wasn't. I think what must have happened is my substandard internet at my apartment that does not have Fios can't handle doing video and sound at the same time sometimes. And it was like slowed down. It, it My audio was slower than it should have been. But you were not on opiates. No. Oh, by the way, speaking of opiates, can I have I have a hot take on the untimely and actually quite tragic passing of Matthew Perry? My hot take is let's not vilify ketamine because guess what? Ketamine did not kill Matthew Perry. Did how many people texted you that day <laughs> when the news came out? So many people. Four people. Four people texted me saying, be careful. Yeah, but it's like that. Guess what? It doesn't take a doctor or a forensic, you know, whatever. Forensic expert. For me to know. Or to understand that. Guess what? It might have been. It's like, you know, in the in like county fairs when they have like that game, like the arcade and you can like play that game where you add quarters or pennies and they like and there's like a machine that pushes the pennies to an edge right right and like it seems like you might have like you could possibly put the last penny in that like gets you a, you know a mm-hmm. gazillion pennies mm-hmm. i feel like that was ketamine was the penny that actually you know got you a zillion pennies so to speak when you say you, are you talking about Matthew Perry? Matthew Perry. So you're saying it's like the straw that broke the camel's back and made him OD? What? Yes. That's another, I could have used that much, much more <laughs> succinct analogy. Yes. I mean, I, I just, I, I read that he was doing ketamine ther- therapy in a doctor's office, but then ketamine doesn't stay in your system for what? More? No, it's half life is really short, actually. So what they said is that he was also doing it recreationally. But the amount of ketamine found in his system was like a anesthetizing level. Mix that with being in a hot tub. Sorry, trigger warning. Yeah. Speaking of trigger warnings, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. We said that we were going to leave her alone. I, I love her with all my heart. And I think that she's much too good for that husband of hers who's like a, you know, inmate chasing weirdo. And I guess a lot of people have thought that and said that because she this morning, I guess, was spotted in the comment section of one of her husband's Instagrams. Did you see this? No. She's basically like, honey, 
Don't worry about the haters. All you need to worry about is me. And for all the haters wondering, yeah, the dick is fire. No, the D is fire emoji. Happy wife, happy life. This is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. We can't engage. We've got to like, we got to get off the train. We got to like leave Gypsy alone. Off the Gypsy Rose train? Yeah. All of us need to get off the Gypsy Rose train. I'm I'm going to unfollow right now. We just what, because we need to leave her alone. We need to leave her alone. She kills people. She's killed someone. No, she just instructed someone to kill someone. Okay, we're just gonna not do this. She has six point one million followers on Instagram. <laughs> that is so crazy. I just, it's not. That makes me think of. Did you watch the Z Way interview of George Santos? I saw clips of it. So I was listening to my favorite podcast, Los Culturistas, the other day, and they had a hot take, which was that, well, it was not so much a hot take, but they really like zoomed in on like one exchange that Z-Way had with former King Congressman Santos, which was, she said, what can we do to get you to go away? Mm-hmm. And he said, stop inviting me places. And that was sort of like, that's the root of it. That's, it's like if you stop paying attention, if you stop following, these people will go away. Yeah. Because that distills the whole, the essence of like all of these like, you know, sensational celebrities. Right. Guess what? Stop inviting Ivanka Trump or Don, let alone Donald Trump to your events and she'll go away. You know, are we in, a, we're in an, elec- an election year, right? 2024 yeah are you like freaking out i'm i think it's gonna be another i have gotten to a point with my ssris where they have i would say like optimally induced apathy which is like what one psychiatrist once explained the sort of like way that ssris works uh to me they like they make you they bring the top down and they bring the bottom up like you just care less you can't, you know what I mean? You care less about the good things that would have made you happier. You care less about the bad things that would have made you more sad. And I feel like I am now at, at such a high level of SSRIs that things like the election, the various wars, the atrocities, the fucking like wars playing out on you know, TikTok and Instagram, I just like, I see them and I shudder, but I can't feel them. That's a great segue into Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy 2024. <laughs> it's our first episode of 2024. Happy New Year. We're so yes. excited to be here. I feel only good things ahead. What about you, Nick? What are your ins or outs? Ins and outs okay. of 2024. Well, can I just say, and we've, I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but my husband and I have talked a lot about this. 2023 was a horrible year. We started the year with a child in the NICU mm-hmm. on tubes and struggling, essentially struggling to survive, not to be overly dramatic, but mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and I started the year months. with my podcast co-host's child in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And so that was really hard and on then, me personally. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, we got kicked out of our house. 
we got we had to find a new house and then just like those six those first six months of having a baby which for us were like extended another like six months really because he was born so prematurely that it just like it feels like he's been a baby for double the time yeah there's there's such isolating months because you're on like a three nap a day schedule so if you're being you know vigilant about naps which with a preemie you certainly i felt compelled to do like you're just not leave you can't leave the house you can't go anywhere you can't see anyone and so you know we both turned 40 in 2023 which was also a big like thing yeah and so my thought is 2023 was bad and hard mhm but much like that story about the phoenix and the ashes i think it can only get better from here we're over the hump rafi turned 1 abby's almost 3 and we live in a house that we like love now and rafi is very very thankfully healthy and we went to his uh one year check in or like check up with the doctor mm-hmm. and she said that he's officially caught up which like Yay. usually doesn't happen until 2 years old so I mean, in he's that, about to walk. Respect, he's about to start walking. Yeah. This kid is he's like about to walk. moving. Yeah. So in that respect, I feel optimistic about 2024 being better than 2023. Mm-hmm. There's a few things that both you and I are really hoping happen in this calendar year, which would improve the financial <laughs> landscapes of our lives. <laughs> Woo, every year. <laughs> this could be we, the year. We wait. <laughs> we patiently wait. How how was like how how are you feeling? Do you have resolutions? Do you have ins and outs? Mm, let's see. In quality control. Out. Mm, fools. I love the phrase oh, don't suffer fools. My my psychiatrist told me that, and I was like, do I like this guy? And then he said that, and I was like, yes. I spent New Year's with some friends, and our mantra for 2024 was, shit or get off the pot. Yeah, baby. In every way. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because, I mean, this started last year, but this year I'm, like, doing the thing that I always wanted to do after college, and then I got sucked into the beauty industry. <laughs> yeah. And was just like, I'm not getting off this roller coaster until it crashes. Should we tell people now that you're gonna play the wife and Sweeney Todd on Broadway? Yeah. Yeah. The and then pies in London. And then I'm playing Roxy Hart after Ariana. <laughs> mm. Yep. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're like, who can we get in here that's not famous? It's really not famous this time. Do you because it's just it makes the next person that much more of like a stunt cast, or it just like keeps keeps people on their toes. Mm, I like that too. Um, speaking Z-list of Z-list podcaster, Hart, <laughs> um, did you see the new Proenza campaign with Pamela Anderson? I sure did. I saw that little angelic no makeup 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 face that little button nose did i save it 
I must have just liked it. I I am enjoying this era for her. Yes, and wasn't she married to Elon Musk briefly? What? No. Don't say that about Who was she married to? A billionaire. There's more there's so many billionaires. <laughs> but like which one I'm pretty sure she was married to Elon Musk. He likes some blonde. Or dated. He likes a blonde lady. I'm looking this sure. up. Elon Musk, Pam Anderson. I don't know. Pamela Anderson's relationship. Let's go to people. They always get it right. Dan Hayhurst. That was in mm. 2021. Not who I was thinking of. I don't know what he does. She was married to Rick Solomon. Who is that again? Tell me. The one night in Paris guy. But oh, but and what and what does he do who besides made the Paris? Hilton but what does he do besides that? I mean, I don't know. Ugh. It's weird that they. I could have sworn. Huh. I could have sworn she dated Elon Musk. She was always really gorge. She married Tommy Lee. Oh, this is not marriages. These are, she go, She went back and forth between Tommy Lee and Rick Solomon. So that's interesting. Very interesting. Oh, Jillian Assange. That's who you're thinking of. That's who she dated. I knew it was you're some so fucking weirdo. Right. You were so right. Sorry. WikiLeaks, baby. I know. That is basically. No, it's yeah. not. She dated Julian Assange. <laughs> I think that she has a lot to offer that we have not yet seen. I think that she is like. Well, let me Mother tell you culture. one thing. I went to Vancouver Island, where she's from. It is the most stunning, incredible place that I've ever been. I went to a place called Nemo Bay, which is actually like across the bay from Vancouver Island. So like on mm -hmm. Vancouver. And it was the most special place I've ever been in my life. Like it's a it's an actual rainforest called the Black Bear Rainforest. Anyway, I just was like, if anyone wants to understand Pamela Anderson, you have to go to Vancouver yeah. Island. It's just like, it's it's unspoiled Another nature. American national treasure that is actually Canadian. It always happens that way. But she's naturalized. I had, can we do a little arts and culture? Mm -hmm. I, and I hope mm -hmm. to the heavens that you've seen the thing I want to talk about. Okay, we are about to go into an arts and culture segment, which is 100% chock full of spoilers for the films Saltburn, Barbie, Poor Things. Enjoy. A little film called Saltburn. Oh, I saw Saltburn. That was my Christmas Day film. Okay, ready? We're, I'm going to say, we have to say either whether we loved it, liked it, or hated it. Three options. Love, like, or hate. Okay? okay? Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Hate. Liked. So here's my thing. I like saw that everyone in the world that I respect hated it and was like rolling their eyes about it. and I, But like also weirdly not directly criticizing it, just sort of like, you know, editing by omission, so to speak. And then I watched it and I was like, you know what? It's pretty to look at. It's pulp. It's a very thin plot, but like it's not pretending to be some, you know, Kaiser Sose, Usual Suspects-esque plot. It's like she made a movie with the aim of inspiring Halloween costumes for the next year and like 
mission accomplished. Really? I can't, was good. I can't recall like one outfit from that movie that I would make. The like deer like horns oh. or like the angel wings. I thought it was like a very simple but like really well executed movie about sort of eating the rich, right? And like social, you know, like the sort of dwindling head in the sand nature of like the aristocracy. But the what was the guy's name that did all these horrible things? Barry Keoghan. Yeah, but what was his character's name? Oliver. Oliver. Oliver w- was like upper middle class, or even he was he was part of the elite. Right, right. But the idea, I guess, the idea was that like he still wanted a castle. You always want what you can't have. But like, did he always want the castle? Was that his plan all along, or was that just like a weird way at the end where they were like, "All right, let's tie this thing up," and then he it turns out he did this, and then it turns out he did this, and then it turns out he did this, and then in the end he gets the castle, and then he and then you find out he did this. It's just like. They act like in the end, like this was, this went all according to plan, like talented Mr. Ripley, but it just wasn't, the plot was, you called it It thin, but I call it nonsensical, like just. But like, wasn't it, I feel like it was well executed. In terms of what? And directed it. Visuals, like set dressing, costumes, like the whole 2006 of it all. Like I think that all of the, like the, you know, eyebrow piercings and like all that stuff were like super intentional. And I thought it was fun. And I was having this debate with my friend Hallie the other day because I was saying I was more impressed with Saltburn than I was with Barbie. Well, Barbie was terrible. That's why. It doesn't I take agree, a lot to. But I also. That's the joke right now. Everybody right, like but says like, that Barbie I feel was like a people good. People aren't shitting on Barbie. <laughs> I know because they're not allowed to. But why are people shitting on Saltburn? Because it's a movie about a guy that like fucked a grave. Like that's that's socially acceptable to shit upon. It's Barbie is a m- movie produced by Mattel. <laughs> That that basically explains that Barbie is actually feminist and good and created by like a Jewish woman with a double mastectomy. Like Yeah, and it had like, like years of, of marketing Wikipedia. around it with like America's sweetheart, Mar- Margot Robbie, Australian, and who who played Ken Ryan Gosling, Canadian, right? He's I think he's Canadian. And Saltburn just felt like like an edge lord like series of events. Like, how can we make a movie where I can include, like, homoerotic, like, boarding school boys with in a really in a really fancy mansion, and I want to have a guy like jack off in his bathtub, and then another guy lick it up, and then and then I want him to have sex with the grave, and I want everybody to die in the end, and I want there to be a weird sex scene where the girl's on her period. It's just like, okay, come on, like mm. the one thing I will say about. The Jacob Elordi masturbating in the tub scene is like obviously that was written by a woman. <laughs> Why? What do you mean? Guys don't like masturbate in a full tub. Hello. <laughs> 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 See what I mean? It's really asking you to suspend disbelief for things that like. It's like this beautiful like him like masturbating in a full tub. I'm like that's like not like. 
the like it's hard it would be like the water's working against you when you're trying to like bring your hand down and up no not to get too graphic unless it you know what i mean like it was a full tub mm -hmm. and is he just like using his imagination no it's not that i guess deep. it's 2006 you kind of have to no there's the internet just the whole thing was just like didn't need to happen i feel like it was the perfect storm of like a hot young actor. But it was fun. It was watchable. It was pulpy. It was like it was not meant really? to be taken seriously. I was just I found it cringy. The scene after he Oliver somehow like gained all this um, self-confidence to start bossing people around after he was like the meek weird boy that came in out of nowhere into this like well-to-do environment then suddenly he's like bossing the girl around and telling her not to like be bulimic anymore and she's like okay it's like i got this movie just took like a really <laughs> i can't like i know that and like they kind of then like dropped that it was so like and you know what i didn't like this other what's her name like lavender flower the author chamomile oh, uh uh <laughs> venetia venetia no, who wrote, oh, Emerald Fennel is the woman who oh, wrote and what directed the movie. I didn't like her mm -hmm. other movie. She also played, actually, she also played Midge in Barbie. Okay. I didn't like her other movie, Promising Young Woman. I thought it was like a very similar. Well, that I could, I stopped. See? That like, I could not get okay, through. Okay, well, you could, I think you could get through Saltburn because of, there were like hot, there was like hot homoerotic scenes. Yeah, there was nothing. But also, it was for me it was either. more like visually interesting to me. It was like I just like appreciated the. I love when like someone without in unlimited resources is able to like execute something creative, like visually. Okay. 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 Oh, and then one other arts and culture, really quickly. If you haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall. It's like the opposite of what we've been talking about. It's not, it's like a kind of quiet. I, I want to, it's in half in French and half in English. It, but it, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a French or an American. I don't know actually what country it is. It's a foreign film, but it is quite incredible. It's, is it a thriller? Kind of like it's a, the story is essentially. A man, a woman, and their son live in a chalet in the French Alps. And one day, the husband, father, is found dead, you know, outside of a window, like a third-story window. And I guess the question, well, not a, I don't guess. The question then becomes who, did he jump or was he pushed? Okay. And the only people around were his wife and son. So it's like a family drama. It's a relationship drama but it's really really good and definitely like the antidote to something mindless okay good yeah i recommend it i'll watch it have you seen anything else good mm, i watched bo is afraid um uh that is ari aster mm -hmm. and joaquin phoenix mm -hmm. i liked it i saw i saw poor things hated it Sorry, I'm and I'm that? like it's um, Emma Stone and Yorgos Lanthanamos. Oh, why did you hate that one? 
oh, I just expected so much more from him. It felt like, you know, when Tim Burton started making movies with like less practical effects and more like Disney style, like oohs and ahs, that's like what happened with the director between like, I, I don't know what the, his last movie was, like The Lobster. Or, what did he do? I mean, Killing of a Sacred Deer is is my favorite movie. And then Poor Things was just almost like he went, it felt like a Disney version of one of his movies. And I just, did you see it? Oh, was afraid? No, Poor Things. Oh, the Poor Things? Mm-hmm. No, it's not my kind of movie. Like The Lobster is not my kind of movie. It's like when it gets too like bizarro, and like people talking in funny accents who like are American, I can't handle it. Then you shouldn't see four things. It was like if you want that kind of what, vibe. Can you give me a summary of the plot? Oh yeah. Um so it's really similar to Edward Scissorhands, um, in that and Franken Dr. Frankenstein, in that there's a doctor who's kind of the um reason that everything in this movie exists and he discovers the body of a woman who committed suicide but she is pregnant and the baby is still alive so what he does is he takes the body to his operating room and puts the baby's brain in her mother's body and then she's essentially like it's a baby brain no she has to like learn how to be an adult through, and then there's like these weird like she's hypersexual, and it's and that's Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. No, and it was really fun, and I like Emma Stone, and I hate to be such a hater to actors because I one thing I admire about people about actors is even though I don't know a ton of them is that they can just really go there in a way that. They can put themselves out there in a way that, like, I could never. Like, I've, I'm so self-conscious. And so I will say, even though I'm about to be a hater, I dually admire <laughs> what they do. Um, but she was in, like, a round ta- – I saw a clip of her in, like, a roundtable discussion with other, I think, Oscar-nominated nom- actresses for this year, other actresses from huge films this year. So, like, Margot Robbie, Lily Gladstone – and she was talking about preparing for the role of her character in Poor Things. And she was like, you know, it was just different. It was a different style of preparation because instead of having to learn to be something, I had to unlearn because <laughs> she had to be a baby. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like so She just literally silly. hang out with my daughter. My daughter's favorite game is playing like baby Abba or baby grandma. And she like makes you like get in the bed and say goo goo gaga. I literally could... <laughs> I could offer her as lessons, <laughs> acting lessons. I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, it's so wild. you would the, say thumbs down? I would say thumbs down. I would say thumbs down to like, he's entered his like post Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton era. Okay. You heard it mm-hmm. here first. I hope he's doing that movie. Um, He's directing the movie based on that book called my year of rest and relaxation okay yorgos yeah do you know that book no really otessa how do you say her name oh mogan shay mogan yeah 
it was like a, it was a phenom. Everybody was reading it like before COVID, during COVID. My superpower is that I have ignore women writers. Seen anything, but I'll like be able to know <laughs> the name of the person. But I I will not have known any of their work. I'm not not sorry, not have read any of their work mm-hmm. or seen it. That's interesting. Not proud of it. It's a weird book. I didn't like the ending. I don't know. It seems perfect for him. It, there, it's like weird. Both. It's a weird, depressive story for a weird, depressive mm. director. But now I'm a little worried. Should we get into beauty discussion? Yes. Okay. I figured, Nick, you would like this. I'm sure you already know the new face of True Botanicals. Jessica Chastain. As a Chastainiac, I had a few feelings about this. One was, did not, have not thought about True Botanicals in many, many years. I like remember, I remember vaguely like in 2014 trying it. I can't name a single product that they make. I remember that they were acquired pretty quickly on in their life. I forget by who. And I also remember that Inez and Venude were among the investors, so they started shooting the campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like True Botanicals as a brand has felt very much like a time capsule to like a certain It's moment. like a brown glass bottle, white screen print, and right. black plastic cap brand. And what what what's the vibe now? Do we know? I think it's the same vibe. I was just looking at the photo of her. I mean, they it's they like slightly powered. read. Yeah, it's like a lot of foliage in the photos. I think it's right. a lot of like not essential oils, you know, salt scrubs, bakukyo. I my I I'm I am not interested in any of that because my skin can't handle oil. It just makes me break out. But I. Clearly, there's a huge consumer group that loves to put oil all over their skin all the time. (laughs) Rather than turning to – this is according to Women's Wear Daily, the article about Jessica Chastain's appointment. Rather than turning to conventional influencer marketing, uh, this is the chief marketing officer, said the brand has, quote – the brand has found, quote, using aspirational celebrities as our influencers – um, the most effective <laughs> well, that's new. Consumer. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> we're, a, we're a beloved millennial brand. We appeal to a broad range of consumers, but our bullseye tends to be women ages 27 to 50. This partnership is a new chapter for us. We're going to be bigger and louder than we ever have before. What's crazy to me about this is that she didn't give a quote. It's only the chief marketing officer talking about Jessica shares the values that are at the core of True Botanicals. Uh, She has always been an advocate for taking better care of people, animals, and the planet. And that's what we exist to do. It's like... (laughs) Notice how I didn't say she's been a longtime user of True Botanicals. Yeah. (laughs) I think that sometimes (laughs) that people forget that people buy beauty products so that they can do something to their skin. I mean, skincare products so that they can change their skin, not because a celebrity is the face of it. What there are, I, I was just discussing this with someone the other day. There are so few brands where the celebrity did really make a huge difference. 
I mean, I think certainly in, I mean, apparently JLo Beauty is doing quite well. Have we talked about this? No. I have sources who've said that JLo Beauty is actually really killing it now. It, um, and what, is, is there a specific product that is doing well or is it just across I the mean, board? I mean, it's a pretty limited range. But no, I that's all the inside I that's all the inside dirt I have is that apparently it's doing quite well. Well, we know Jen Aniston's doing great with her hair care line. We know Rare yes. Beauty. We know Fenty. We know Gaga is now doing well, I guess. Oh, House Road. Dogs. Road. Road. No, but House didn't do so well to start. Like well, the it, first, it, it has the to Amazon be more attempt than... didn't. But now they're in Sephora and doing full coverage foundations, which they should have been doing since the beginning. Yeah, but that's kind of to my point, like it's not just about the celebrity. Like it no. has to. No, no, no. Unless that celebrity is synonymous with a certain thing, like Jennifer Aniston launching hair care, like is just going to get people right in through the door. J Lo yeah. launching anti aging skincare is going to get people interested. Right. Right. Olive oil. So it just has to be like the right oh, olive oil brand celebrity. You know, there have to be thing. more. I mean, I can. I don't want to like be a hater, but there's been a lot of celebrity brands that just didn't make it. No, I mean, I know, but it's impressive. The ones that do, it's. I know it's not easy work. I think we're going to actually be seeing a lot of celebrity brands kind of closing down this year. And like influencer type brands. Yeah. I saw, well, Jaclyn Hill Cosmetics. That was the one. Oh my gosh. Jaclyn Hill Cosmetics closed its doors. Jaclyn Hill. Oh. Because they came back after the mold issue. Yeah. Yeah. No way. But she was one of the first YouTube beauty influencers who launched the line. Like it was like Jaclyn Hill, Jeffree Star, Patrick Star. I guess Patrick Star must be doing well at Sephora. I think he has. I don't like, know. I don't hear much about it, but I think probably. But it was more like Jacqueline Hill was a really big superstar, right? Um, in in beauty YouTubing, and she had a. There was some sort of an issue with quality control, and she had like, their moldy lipsticks or something yeah. like that, right? There was like debris on her on the lipstick and then she bullets. didn't handle it the best way. Anyway, mm-hmm. she just closed her brand. And I'm not. I haven't seen Item Beauty, the Addison Rae brand, at Sephora in a while. James Charles, like what? Mm, well, he's people don't are not interested in. Um, Speaking of Jeffrey Star, he has a retail location for his makeup in Wyoming, where he also has a ranch, and the the retail concept is that it's his makeup line, Jeffrey Star Cosmetics, and his meat line from the yaks he raises on his meat farm (laughs) on his yak farm (laughs) i have met and spent a few meetings with jeffrey star and i know he's like incredibly problematic Uh that said he's got the it factor is does it all come down to just confidence like nobody can tell him he no like no he looks incredible like this was eight years ago seven years ago something like that but like he has like you know like the lv murakami like louis vuitton stuff like all over his hands like it's just like cool and fucking crazy and out there and he this was like in his like pink hair era and he just like 
wears clothes incredibly. He dry, he drove at that point like a Barbie pink Bentley. Like, and he comes in and he's like not an idiot. He's actually like really smart and knows a ton about makeup and skincare and beauty and has built this brand, you know, independently, which is not easy and kind of like doesn't doesn't listen to people who tell him no for good and for bad. I know he's been exiled from like the beauty community and from the Calabasas community perhaps, but I don't know. He's like so entertaining, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's funny to hear that you were like, he was like, so what did you say? He, he was like stunning to look at. I mean, was it yeah. his, his skin nice? Like, was it like, yeah, I was like, from a beauty standpoint, did beautiful. he smell good? Was it like beautiful? Everything. Nails on point, skin on point, fragrance on point, clothes on point, hair on point. Like, and then also just to have this like, super, you know, it like just it factor where like the entire room is sort of like in love with him. Yeah. He has like a Trumpian effect. Like he can't be canceled. He's just. But he's become so sidelined. I mean, with good reason, a lot of it's with very good reason. You know, he's been basically answering these, uh, answering for his uh, behavior and his racism uh, since he has been a beauty influencer. He's been answering for the videos and whatever else the accusations have been. And the way he explained it in this meeting was that he was young and dumb. And he's like learned, which again is not an excuse. But better to have learned than to, I guess, not learn. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not excusing his behavior by any means. But I'm just saying that in the room with him, there can be a hundred people in a room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're not going to miss the seven foot tall guy <laughs> with pink hair and the Louis Vuitton tattoos all over his hands. Correct. Got it. <laughs> there was like something, like something. I just thought, yeah. I don't know. Well, do you have a product of the week? Because I do. I want you to go first. I think it might be time sensitive. So don't be mad at me if you go to your local Frederick Mall and they don't have it anymore. But it's their limited edition. They, But apparently they do it every year. And it's their perfume gun, which just looks like a huge like Windex bottle of fragrance room spray. And it's their Joy Noel fragrance their christmas fragrance and it smells like a gorgeous gorgeous like fruity like pine tree like fresh juicy pine really green and yummy it doesn't smell like christmas that makes sense yeah it's a little bit like a sophisticated take on it Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's probably already been a product of the week for me but the jurassic flower perfume gun by frederick mall Mm-hmm. It's been around for at least Classic. like 12 years and it's my favorite. Is that your product of the week? You just No, but it, you act might well, it could be because I'm obsessed with it. What else are you liking? What else am I I mean, I've been in a real skincare rut. Like guess what moisturizer I'm using right now? Cetaphil? The no, the Drunk Elephant Proteiny Moist like protein moisturizer. 
You and every 11-year-old on TikTok. I know. Like, Were you I'm influenced? Just back, I'm back there. I'm using a Kate Somerville hyaluronic acid. So I, apparently other people are aware of the phenomenon of like every prepubescent TikToker using drunk elephant skincare. Yeah. And like all it looks the... Child, it looks childlike. It looks like it looks safe to, for children. It looks like Crayolas. You think so? Or do you think that they started like the proto, like that group of that age of influencer were going through their mom's medicine cabinet and taking their drunk elephant products. It's just weird to me that a brand that was historically has been so focused on this like millennial aging, millennial customer. Like when, when I think of the average drunk elephant customer, I think of someone in that's like in her early forties. Yeah. I think, I think that was, but I think that it's, if you're a parent and you have a kid who has an emerging interest in skincare you're like, what is like a like what skincare brand do I trust that like allows them to experiment with the sort of sciencey part of skincare, not just like, you know, Neutrogena or Clinique if you're fancy. And I think the answer is like Drunk Elephant. You're like, oh, that must be safe because it's it's spent the last decade convincing us, us the parents now, that it's safe for kids. Kind of. Or like safe. You know what I mean? Safe enough for kids. Huh. Even though it has That's like retinol I would and guess. everything in it? What? Even though it has like retinol and vitamin C. I have well, people I... asking me a lot. Like my daughter wants drunk elephant and like I don't know which one of these things to buy because they look so – they look too intense. Yeah. I mean my first thought would be like if you're if you're under the age of 18, I wouldn't really go retinol. Yeah, No. But like vitamin C, probably not. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the proteiny moisturizer is probably safe. The there's like a that light baby blue one that's like a hydrating serum, which is probably pretty safe. I was thinking about the other day, speaking of throwback skincare brands. Remember, remember, do you remember the Psalm Institute? Yeah, we've talked about this before. The little dots. It literally took my skin down to the studs. <laughs> I have like never looked better. But then one day my skin was like, we're done here. And it like all fell off. Can you still buy Psalm Institute? I think you can. I mean, it, it was just, it was too, it was, I was flying too close to the proverbial sun. They haven't changed a bit. No. I'm on their website They basically now. just like put like active vitamin a retinol into like a moisturizer then they add it into the serum and then they add it into the face it's just like so much shit that like your skin looks glowy and incredible yeah but it, it turns out there's no such thing as a you just think the formulas were too strong no i think i just i mean here did my if I had to go back and sort of figure out what went wrong with me and Psalm Institute, it was probably just that I was also trying so many different things at that point. Mm. And I sense it. I like my, I just freaked my skin out. And once you've like sensitized your skin, you kind of have to like dial it back in a big way. Mm -mm -mm. Well, you can give it another try now. Still I buy guess it. I could return to that. I kind of want to try it now. I think I had the moist I think I had the A bomb moisturizer. 
What if like know, I've... what if TikTok got into Psalm Institute again? What if we started a TikTok trend of the Psalm Institute? We could like as an experiment. We, we need a referral like a code. Totally over. Yeah. Well, first referral code, and then we'll see what we can yeah. do. But I just fixed my skin with this spearmint tea, so I don't know if I really want to do anything new right now. Yeah, it was a long journey of this fucking chin and neck acne. Disgusting. Will you tell me a little bit about the reader-submitted voice memos we have? Oh, yeah. Well... We have a bonus episode coming up that we will be recording. I think and... our I think this bonus episode should be a Q&A. So, Annie, if we can drop a AMA into our Instagram feed, I feel like it's time to just answer questions. Yeah, we can do that. But they have to ask us on Patreon too, so they get like first dibs on the questions. Yeah. Okay. We need to up our Patreon engagement, so just Let's do it please. Great. I love it. I think that's all for today, folks. We'll be back next week. Or before on Patreon. Oh, right. Patreon. Patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty at eyewitnessbeauty on Instagram. We're produced by friend of the pod's own Jonathan Corman. And we are edited by the most stunning editor aj mosley also can people add a few more reviews and ratings i feel like we're a little stagnant on the apple podcast reviews please all right thanks everybody bye